go, baby. We are coming to you live from the Kings County Distillery Studios in New York City. The Hospitality Hangout Podcast featuring the restaurant guy. That's me, Shatsy. And the finance guy, that's Jimbo over here. And I got to tell you, Jimbo, we got a great show. We got our whiskey ready. Jimmy, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. 5 o'clock somewhere. Not 5 o'clock here, but it's 5 o'clock somewhere. And you know who's in the the office today? The man himself. Dave Nichols, Nichols. the owner of Kings County, is in the studio. Actually, he's in the the office. Not in the studio. You know what I'm loving? I'm loving this combo, Jimbo. I'm loving this. I'm taking a little. Can you see the Pepsi? I'm taking Pepsi. I'm mixing Pepsi. What do we call that? King me. King me. I'm doing the Pepsi, and we're going to drink. Joe and I and you are going to be drinking that later. There we go. Celebrating our podcast. We are super excited. We got a great podcast. Great podcast. Jimbo? No, super excited. Home, baby. As I said, I got to tell you, the uh, the Kings County Studio, uh, this is our, our second podcast now. Uh, yeah, using the Kings County Distillery Studio. I got to tell you, good energy. Good energy. It's and, and you and I, we're, we're, we're single malt. I'm a single malt guy. You're a blend guy. Guess what? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now it's, now, it's, now it's all Kings County. I'm drinking New York stuff, baby. The oldest story in New York City. In New York. I think that's right. Yeah. If it's not right, I just messed up, and I'll apologize no, no, next is, week. It is, it is. All right, listen. Uh, it's super excited. Um, let's jump into Shatsy now. Take, he's got the soundboard. He's having such a good time with his new oh, favorite toy. But it. now let's roll like we used to roll, which is welcome to the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded Hospitality Ventures Share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. As Shatsy said, my name is Jimmy Frischling. Otherwise known as the finance guy, I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, otherwise known as the restaurant guy. And thank you for that uh, double introduction, double, Jimmy. Double. Together, we're the we'll personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection, hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. And Jimmy, I got to tell you, we got a crazy show today. Because we have some incredible guests. But before I get to it, Jimmy. Before. 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 You know what a big problem in restaurants is right now? There's five, there's five or ten big problems. And every restaurant operator probably has the same five or ten. Maybe different order. Am I right? Probably different order, maybe. But I got to tell you, I think you can narrow it. What you're about to touch on, I think you can narrow it, narrow it down to the top two. Labor. Labor. And I got to tell you, last night, I'm, I'm spinning. I'm tossing. I'm turning. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. What am I thinking about? I'm thinking about our restaurants and how are we going to staff those restaurants? Labor. And I got to tell you something. We started using our work and our work is rocking it out, man. It is the easiest way to get staff in the restaurant. Ourwork.com. That's what I'm doing, Jimbo. I'm doing it. Hey, if it's good for McDonald's, you know what, Jimmy? It's good. It's good for us. Good for us, too. You know, McDonald's has a bur- little burger company. How many stores? Yeah, how many stores? They got 10, 7, 15, 17. Yeah, right? 20 I, stores? Maybe. I mean, Shake Shack. What's bigger? Shake Shack or McDonald's? What, say, what, you say what's better or bigger? Bigger. Bigger. I think it might be Mickey D's. It is Mickey yeah, D's, I think right? so. I guess I think about a movie. They even had a movie, right? Yeah, that was, that was good. With Batman, was it? <laughs> yes, Batman was in it. And you know, and you know what? McDonald's uses ourwork.com. One of two things are going to happen. Either they're going to embrace that jingle, in yeah. which case it's awesome, or they're going to call us up and say, do me a favor, stop. <laughs> stop making that our jingle. Well, well Jimmy, I got to tell you something. All I know is 10,000 restaurants are using ourwork, okay? It's not just McDonald's. It's 9,999 other restaurants. <laughs> 
are using our work. Anyway, Jimbo, we got a great show. Let's get to it because I got to tell you, these guests are very big. They're big machas, as they say big in machas. Yiddish. Big machas. And yeah. big machas. Yeah, just in case our audience wasn't sure about our authenticity. Uh, yeah, and big machas has more important things to do than hang out with us. All right. Well, so let's, let's get to it. So let's roll. Listen, we are very excited for today's episode. We don't have just one, but two amazing guests today from Informa. Two big machas. Two big, Keep going with the Yiddish. All right. <laughs> Two amazing guests from Informa Connect. Their media brands include Nations Restaurant News, Restaurant Hospitality, Supermarket News, Food Management, and Create the Experience. By the way, you bring me a hat, I wear hats, okay? I, I used Jimmy to wear Knicks hats, swag. Knicks, Giants, Rangers, Yankees. But you, I tell you what, right now, I wear the hats of my friends, our companies. And right now, I'm wearing a Create hat. The um, future of food service. Yeah, so let's let's welcome our friends, Mr. Joe Donnelly, Group Director and Publisher, and Christy Radnerberg, Director of Content, Strategy, and Product Development. We get to welcome Joe. We get to welcome Christy. Are we ready to roll? Who goes first? I think you go, you go next. I don't know who goes first between them. Well, I got go that. Next. We're excited, but I, I, I just, I want to, oh, oh, you want to go right to, the, you want to go right to Tribute. Well, I'm going to play Tribute Tuesday because oh. you know what? This thing comes out on Tuesdays. All right, I listen, don't worry. Eventually, we will bring Joe and Christy to the show. They have no idea now. They're like, who booked us on this on this thing? But look, we we, roll, we always roll with Trivia Tuesday. Oh, there's Shazzy's playing his music. Let me explain. I think longtime listeners understand it, but let me explain how this game works. I'm going to give you three facts. We've chosen Joe. I'm going to use Joe. Get, I'm going to tell you three facts about Joe, except two are true, one's a lie, or one's not true. Fact one. Joe has been to all of Peyton Manning's Super Bowl games. He's a sports lover. I'm going to say yes. I mean, I know I'm not going yet, but I'm just going to, I'm thinking. Can, I'm I, thinking. can I give fact two? All right. Fact <laughs> two. Fact two. Joe sat next to Andrew Dice Clay flying home from Arizona just last week. The Dice Man. Wait a minute. Joe was in Florida last The Dice Okay, wait a minute. 10 weeks ago. 10 weeks ago. Okay. Aha. okay. So Joe sat next to Andrew Dice Clay flying home from Arizona recently. How's that? Okay. Okay. Fact three. Joe has sat on the sidelines for an entire New York Jets game alongside the players. I think anybody that can be at an entire Jets game. Entire Jets game. Anywhere in the Jets game. Entire Jets game. That is unbelievable. You know what what I think? That can't be true. That third third one. You're questioning that third one? Only because it said the entire game. That's, I got to tell you. Anyway, remember to stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out the real story of two truths and a lie. Two youths and a lie. Two truths. All right, let's jump into it, man. Two all right, youths. so now let's get into it. All right, here we go. Listen, listen we are so thrilled to have Joe and Christy uh, here. Why don't we, uh, let's kick this off. Why don't we let them introduce themselves? How about that? That's probably a good idea. Probably a good idea? Yeah. Let's right. go. So Joe, Joe first or Joe first. Actually, you know what? What? Joe first. Okay. <laughs> you guys sure. Let's all right, do Joe it. first. Yes. Yeah, so we've had this all script. This is all planned, by the way. Perfect. Uh, Christy, I'm going to go first, apparently. Um... Go for Joe it. Donnelly, group director of um, the restaurant and food group at Informa. The Bible. I like to say the Bible in the restaurant. I've heard you say that before. I love it's the that. Bible. Um, we love that. The Bible. Old Testament. Or the Torah. Or the Torah. <laughs> oh, we're going to crush it. Bring the whole Yiddish. We're, we're really crushing it today. Oh, yeah. um, let me give you a quick background on Informa. Informa Please. is a, probably the leading B2B global media exhibition company in the world. Um, we kind of, we look for verticals in which we can, you know, be or desire to be the leading voice in terms of content, connections, intelligence. Um, about 2.2 billion in revenue annually traded on the London Stock Exchange. We got about 10. Was that billion with a B? 
billion with a B. Yeah. By the way, when Joe says that, that number is accurate. When, when you I say, say when it, you say we, so hit, we surveyed 100 billion people, not so accurate. I don't, Joe, think, I don't think there are 100 billion people. <laughs> uh, actually, there's a multiple of that. But anyway, Joe, please continue. We'll yeah, try that, not to interrupt it. you. Um, broken into three huge divisions uh, that make up that 2.2 billion. And, and Christy and I sit in Informa Connect. By, uh, it's run by a gentleman named Andy Mullins, a good good friend of ours. Um, and that's where Nation's Restaurant News sits. And uh, I'll let Christy introduce herself as well. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm Christy Ravenberg, Director of Content Strategy and Product Development for Informa Connect. I work closely with Joe. Um, I have been in B2B media, uh, specifically the food and restaurant space, for nearly 20 years. And so I've had the pleasure of watching a ton of evolution and transformation in this industry that, as you like to say, we love so much. Uh, my background is in journalism, so I started my career with a number of roles on the editorial side. More recently, I've shifted my focus to other types of strategic content, whether that's through our events, our marketing, development of new media products, and increasingly through our original research and insights products like the report we're here to talk about today. And that is as good a segue into the next section of which I'm very excited. All right, breaking news. Oh, uh, I love breaking not, news. Not really breaking news. We already we even broke the news a couple of weeks ago, but it is the first time that we get to talk about it on the podcast. Nation's Restaurant News has just released their 2023 Restaurant Tech Outlook, a market leader report on transformative tech strategies for restaurants. By the way, that was a mouthful, but I'm going to say it again. A market leader report on transformative technology, tech strategies for restaurants. And again, I like to walk with a small stick, but we we're, were a little proud that we were proud and I dare say thrilled that Boom, that's right, Boom, our food service marketplace was a proud partner of this report. So we're extra and super excited that we get to Thanks talk to about Joe this report. And Thanks to Joe and Christy for Again, that's, we are thrilled. And listen, we're going to dedicate a substantial amount of this episode to talk about money that and resources and money and resources. Yes, money and resources. Okay, we're, we're, going to, we're going to dedicate a substantial amount of time to that report. So, Joe, can you kick yes, us sir. off on the on the why and the purpose of diving into this data? Yeah, I think um, a couple of reasons, really, Jimmy. Um, first, obviously, COVID has jump started a technology revolution in the food service industry um, that was probably on the way to happen anyway. Uh, I think just um, the, the COVID really, really jump-started it and allowed um, tech to flourish. Um, so think about that part of the market and then think about my background, which I didn't get into in, earlier, which is, you know, I come, I spent 15 years plus in B2B technology. So I love that Joe's a tech guy. Yeah. So I'm a bit of a tech guy. I've covered the market in a number of different verticals. And, um, and one of the things that I see consistently, no matter what vertical it is, I've been in automotive, I've been in FinTech, I've been banking insurance. Um, there's a, a point in which technology kind of and automation take over. And there's a lot of questions about what tech should we use? What are my peers using? And there's a lot of mistakes made, right? So um, we're not picking winners and losers in terms of this report itself. What we want to do is use our platform to provide, you know, peer-to-peer -peer recognition of, you know, how are you approaching Shatsy, for example, uh, technology in your tech stack and what it means for you and how do you use it to grow uh, cost efficiencies, revenues, um, so uh, my background, plus the fact that we're going through this transformation is really what led us to Christy and I developing this market leader program. I got to tell you, I love it. Uh, it was it was it was thoughtful. It was beautiful. Graphically, it was pleasing. The colors were good looking. You know, that's what I was thinking first. First, it had a look. 
or is that the location? But then when I dived into the data, it was really incredible. I mean, some of the stuff, I mean, what I love, I mean, for me as a restaurant guy, and I love tech, you know, I just love that 92%, Jimmy, this is a real accurate number. I know sometimes I make up numbers. Yes. This one is not made (laughs) up. This one is true. 92% of operators that were surveyed in this, uh, in this survey, (laughs) they, they said they're very likely, very likely to invest in technology within their restaurants, hotels, et cetera, over the next 12 months. That's a big number because this is an industry that has been slow to embrace tech. So, you know, while budgets are tight, operators are still thinking about technology that hasn't changed. Christy, Jump in, tell me more, dig into the numbers. Am I first? Am I right? Was it 92%? That is 92%. <laughs> I may have been a journalism major in it's college. 100% but we checked the math. We checked the math. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, 92% told us they're likely to invest in tech in the next 12 months or increase their investment in tech, I should say. And if you drill down to that a little further, it's 39% who said they definitely will. And then 53% who said they probably or possibly will. And then that tiny little sliver of 8% saying, eh, this is not a priority for me. And only 2%. I never like those shits, by the way. Those, the 8%, I never like those. And if I find out who that 8% is, they're in big trouble, okay? That's the crew that my dad with the rest of Well, you, then you're really not going to like. They still, they the still take a pad and pencil. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Oh, wait. Who's who's dropping knowledge? Who's the 2%? Well, then you're really not going to like the 2% who just flat out said, no, I am oh. not investing, increasing my investment in technology. Well, in I don't know who year. that 2% they're is. Out. I guarantee they're their, their restaurant's not going to be in business <laughs> next year. Yes, I can guarantee. Exactly. <laughs> so I think why this. Why this jumps out at me, um, and as you mentioned earlier, this is not an industry that's been an early adopter when it comes to technology. It's lagged um, a number of other industries outside of the you know, the Chipotle's, the Starbucks, the uh, McDonald's, the Domino's, who have um, deeper pockets, more sophisticated systems, tens of millions in their loyalty program. Outside of that group, which is pretty rarefied air, you have a whole lot of operators who are just kind of slogging through and figuring it out. But what this 92% stat says to me is that they understand this is a non-negotiable. If you want to compete in the restaurant industry going forward, you have to get off the sidelines, even if you don't know what exactly what you're doing, despite the challenges. And there are a lot of them. Cost, you mentioned, is one of them. Integration is another big one. And then we also um, unveiled some significant knowledge gaps and um, just overwhelm in the industry with so many choices and so many problems to solve. So they don't exactly know what they're doing, but they're moving forward and they're all in. And I think we're going to see a lot of really- people, man. We figure it out. That is true. I love that uh, when Joe uh, was doing his uh, intro, he talked about how the pandemic um, accelerated everything and that and that's more coming to that's one of our the, line that, oh, yeah, and so now it's definitely stole that line it's our me. line it's it's is, if it's if i'm here mr hand and you're here it doesn't make it our time no i actually feel that that this change was inevitable but the pandemic uh truly accelerated it and now that the tech is out of the out of the bottle it ain't going back in so sure. now now it will continue yeah, i just say te- tech adoption is going to decide the winners and losers in the, in the food service industry as you guys know um but you know there will be hiccups. There will be mistakes made. Absolutely. Um, you can grow out of your tech stack, for sure. example, which we'll get into later on. But uh, really, you know, the point of, this, of which and our hypothesis was that um, there's a there's a need for strategic information. What tech should I use? When should I use it? How should I use it? Um, and we have an incredible platform, as you guys know, um, to reach operators. And so this made sense for us to, to kind of launch off that. 
Listen, I I love the acceleration um, idea or the the line that you shared. I also love that I have an opportunity to throw down another podcast favorite one-liner, and that's that restaurant operators didn't open restaurants to become data miners. Okay, I mean they got a lot of skills. They're they're carpenters, they're plumbers, they're electricians. They are also hospitality experts. They certainly didn't launch the vehicle, launch launch the venues to become data miners. So let's let's talk case in point. According to your survey. And you guys dropped some some meaningful numbers in chats. You have to Mine tell you, was the best ninety two percent. That was. I just love that yours was accurate. Like the boy who cries wolf. Like half our listeners, like it must not be true because Shatsy said it. It was true, ninety two percent. But I did preface. By it is preface. That was that was. A real this was a real one. But listen, seven in ten respondents said they are not confident using their customer data. They're not confident in using it. And the question whether they're optimizing data that they ha- that they have correctly, like. There is an insecurity around this. So, Joe, can you talk a little bit, a little bit more about how data is an untapped opportunity? Yeah, I just um, data is a new currency, right? So if you think about, I'll put my Informa hat on right now. We're the biggest B2B company in the world, right? Uh, volume and structure. Is that breaking news, Joe? That is not. That oh. shouldn't be anyway. Okay. Um, uh, but we can call that. We can call okay. By the way, we, we get like, Shanti gets like an extra, extra like cookie and it's dessert every time he says breaking news. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, but B2B, in, in the B2B world, uh, data is now currency for us, right? It, it drives structured data specifically, drives increased valuations. Um, so for us as Informa, it's it's currency and, 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 it, and it is in, in the restaurant industry as well. So um, the more you know about uh, the behaviors of your of your consumers, or your customers, the better you'll be, right? You'll drive, drive more revenues. Um, now having data and understanding how to use data are two different things, right? Um, so our hypothesis going into this was that it's likely, like you just said, um, you know, restaurant owners are jack of all trades, but data is probably not one of them. So, how important is is your data? Where are the where are you accumulating data? Right. So, your marketing platform, your POS, and are you using that data to optimize sales? These were our hypothesis that that restaurant operators might not know exactly how to do that or what to do with it, and so we're trying to fill that gap with with strategic information. Now, um, for for us, uh, and Christy can jump in wherever she, where she wants. Um, this wasn't a surprise. We expected to see this. But what this means is that there are uh, uh, operators out there starving for information and calling out, I need help. And if you have a tech solution that can help them, then this is prime time for you. Yeah, yeah. listen. I'd love to add something there if I could. It was just so uh, great. I wanted to add something. You add first. <laughs> well, well, the the seven out of ten stat and that that lack of confidence about using data wasn't a surprise. What did surprise me is if you drill down further and look at the results by segment and by size in terms of number of units, we we found that use of customer data, or in this case, lack thereof, is the great equalizer. Uh the big guys with 500 plus stores were no more likely than a smaller business with two, five, 10 locations to say that they were confident they were using their data. So this is yeah, I, I kind of a level playing without, field. Yeah. I, I mean, outside of, you know, the obvious players like, like Starbucks and Domino's right, right. and maybe two or three others, there's no way that just, we don't have the sophistication. We don't have the resources, or maybe we do, we just don't know where to find them. But without a doubt, Jim, you always say, look, we're collecting a lot of data. But no one knows what to do with the data. And that's what's that's what's got to change without a doubt. I mean, look, one of our old our old jokes is, is that the only industry slower to adapt to uh, adopt tech is is than hospitality is coal mining. 
right? And I, think with, and I think when fracking like was a thing, I think that was probably more sophisticated than we've ever done. Very you know? technologically advanced, that fracking. Yeah, you know. So I think the, the uh, one of the other uh, big barriers, I think, that we talk about is, is integrations. And I think when you talk about data and we talk about technology, I think uh, integration is a word that we've been talking about a long time. Right. And and I mean, going back to my old days with micros and they would tell you what, you know, if you wanted to use a scheduling platform, they said, well, we've got one that integrates with us, you know, and 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 one inventory system or one payable solution or whatever it is. So I think, you know, Ola, which and they bought Omnivore, Omnivore really was kind of in the cutting edge of that that middleware, that integrating uh, uh, solution, you know. So according to the survey, Integration still remains a challenge. Christy, Joe, what say you? I can jump in on that. Absolutely still go, a challenge. Go. It's not not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, yeah, as Joe mentioned, the, the acceleration during COVID, we saw hundreds and hundreds of tech companies pop up, you know, really slick solutions for a whole host of different problems. And I think the result is as as companies have taken on a lot of these, bolted these onto their businesses, they've gotten a little bit Frankenstein. Things aren't always talking to one another. And the, the survey respondents told us overwhelmingly that this is a concern. It was a top three concern when they look at vetting technology. It was a top three concern uh, challenge in terms of building their tech stack and the obstacles they face. So uh, it, this is something they're really craving. They're looking for things to talk together. Um, will, the, will the data work across say. systems? All integrations are not created equal. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of companies out there. You go on their website, you talk to them and like, oh, yeah, we integrate with that. We integrate. Oh, yeah, we integrate. But it doesn't mean it's a good integration. It doesn't mean it works well. It doesn't mean that it's been tested and it's like, oh, it's a seamless, sleek, great integration. You know what I mean? Yes, it might integrate. But it's not a good integration. That's and that that's a big pain point, too. I think huge, huge. In fact, functionality. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. I was just going to say, coming from other markets, right, in my previous uh, career, uh, automotive, fintech, uh, what you'll see in, in this kind of environment is a, a boom of volume of vendors. You said boom. You see that? Boom, boom, boom. 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 Said boom. boom. I love it. Boom of volume of vendors. But then maturity starts to set in and end-to-end solutions start to become available, right? Yes. Depending on what your unit size is or your revenue size, that's what we expect to see over the next 10 years and more end-to-end solutions. Right. But right now, I mean, you could you could end up having dinner with a SaaS provider and you would end up a new piece of your tech stack tomorrow. Um, Without a if doubt. say the right yep. thing. Yeah. So, and that's what we're seeing with, with, with this because it's really easy to kind of integrate and apply, but you might grow out of that really quickly. Hey, listen, man, I'm buying anything. Anybody selling something, I'm buying it. I mean, I, 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 everyone knows that Shatz is the guy who tests anything. So if I'm going to any that, trade Christy? show, we gotta, we gotta. anything anybody sells, I'm like, I got to try that. I got to use that. So believe me, I, yeah. I, I'll try anything. Chris, and you're, Chris, you're not alone in that, Chatsy. Yeah, you're not alone in that, Chatsy. In fact, 39% told us that they're, they expect the total number of vendors they have will increase in the next year. So that's kind of in contradiction to the when they told us that they want seamless, more seamless integration. They want fewer, more comprehensive systems. Looking, They're curious and open to end-to-end systems at the same time they're collecting new vendors uh, every yeah, day. So we're want, at this inflection point. Yeah, yeah so two different things. Well, I love it. I love that everyone's trying new tech and, and exploring new tech. I think it's great for the industry. 
Shazzy, you just opened a floodgate of vendors are going to be calling you and your sure. restaurants and our GMs. It's like, hey, Shazzy's buying tech. Shazzy's trying and testing everything. <laughs> hey, Jimbo, we're always, you know, I mean, at Branded, I mean, our whole thesis yes. of investing in technology has always been let's find solutions that are really solving operational problems, increasing sales, reducing cost efficiencies, you know. So I think that's that's a big thing. So. I mean, you know, you can go to a trade show, you could read something online, or you could talk to a, a friend in the biz, and or you, you could read this report. However, you're going to get your information on this, but unless sometimes, unless you try it yourself or bring it into a couple of your stores, you don't know if it's if it's good or it's bad or if it's the right solution for you. So I think that's uh, that's something that's uh, that has to be. You have to try it. You know, um, I'm just looking um, like loyalty and customer experience. I mean, to me, that is a buzz, right? I mean, it was, during COVID, if you you had to get online ordering, and, you, and if you didn't have it, you had to get it fast. And I, and we always talk about this, Jimmy. And I think that you know, as COVID uh, kind of uh, was in its in its throes, I mean, everyone was scrambling, and everyone got that in place. And now people are like, okay, I have it. It's it's good enough. It's getting me through it. But and you know, loyalty has always been around. But I think today, customer experience, loyalty, engagement is something I think that still remains king. Uh, any comments on that, Christy, Joe? Sure. No um, comments. All right. Thank you for that. <laughs> no, nope, great, not important. Great, 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 great. <laughs> yes, this was that. huge throughout the report. Um, loyalty, digital marketing, and just any ways that they can better understand their customers. And, and, you know, as a corollary, you're getting better, more deeper data, whether you know what to do with it, as we discussed earlier, is a separate issue. But uh, there's a recognition that if you want to drive sales, um, the one of the biggest levers you can pull is increasing the frequency, the happiness of all of your guests, but increasing the frequency of your best, most engaged guests. We saw that um, in terms of where people were going to invest in tech and apply it to their businesses, what area of the business, uh, guest experience was number one, digital marketing loyalty programs number two, and POS was number three, which obviously correlates to the guest experience as it relates to the seamlessness of ordering and payment, um, and also how it supports staff who will ultimately provide the hospitality. Uh, and let me let me add something there. Just what you can expect from Nation's Restaurant News and Christy and I for sure. Um, Nation's Restaurant News Intelligence, which is a, a new arm that we launched under under Christy's um, uh, ownership. Um, we, we're going to deep dive into all of these, right? So this was a broad, a broad stroke of a survey of operators, but we want to know about loyalty. We want to know about data. How are you using data? So what you can expect from us is a lot of emails, Shatsy, of can you fill this survey in? And I hope yes. the gentleman. Oh, uh, nobody likes you more than me. <laughs> so, so that's kind of next on the horizon for us, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Listen, I, I, I want to make one comment. Shatsy, I like the pivot you did there. I thought you were going down like a, Chris Farley and uh, David Spade, something, yeah, about a, a, something, something about a bull and trusting the butcher or where you could stick your head. But then you're like, I got to try, I got to try it. I got to do this myself. I got to experience it. So I thought you're doing a little contra, yeah, and, contra and when they do demos. A lot of times these demos, they're not real. They're like, not, you know, not fake. They're like scripted demos. Yes. You know what I mean? So it all works peer beautiful. to peer. Peer yes. to peer. Yep. At events like Create the Experience. Yes. Palm Three. Springs in October. Yes. Where you Margaritaville. Can, where you can learn. What are we drinking there, by the way? Probably tequila. Probably tequila. Just check. Probably tequila. All right, listen. I pride myself on being someone who not only boasts about the positives, but addresses and acknowledges the challenges and situations well. I think you got to be balanced. You can say you can give the good, you give the bad, you give the otherwise. So there are two sides to this coin. Um, but that said, I believe, according to the report, 74% of respondents 
cited costs as the biggest challenge to incorporate new tech into their businesses. 74% of respondents cited costs. Joe, um, do you have any insights or or tips or how operators can work around their budget constraints and still build a strong tech stack? Drive more revenue. Oh, look at that. No, uh, Sales solves all problems. We're we're not here to necessarily pick winners and losers from a product standpoint. So review sites like Boom, for example. Uh, Love and Boom, Boom Boom. Boom.store. Uh, www.boom.store. Boom's getting good airtime today. Great airtime. Thank right. you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. That, that's really where you can uh, find out about what to use, when to use it. But we're in the intelligence and information um, arena, and we're just trying to provide operators with with content to make key decisions. Um, so I don't necessarily have you know this silver bullet that an operator can take from this, and, and maybe Christy does. Um, but what what you need to know is that you have to do investigation. You have to do your information. You have to get information, strategic information, and make decisions based on that um, rather than just kind of picking up a Frankenstein tech stack at any point in time, like Chet said he would. Christy, well, everyone's picking on Frankenstein. I got to tell you. Christy, anything you, want, anything you want to add to that before I, uh, I yeah. charge ahead? I think the two things I would say if I were to you know put on an operator hat and think about it, one would be is to challenge your, your vendors, either existing ones or potential ones, ask the questions. Because I think if you learn anything from this report is that you're not the only one with these challenges. You're not the only one with these questions. It's not a stupid question. Ask it, challenge, ask for support. There's only stupid people, Christy, not stupid questions. <laughs> exactly. And then <laughs> the second not, thing would thing? be... The second thing would be to (laughs) let Christy talk, please. (laughs) Both you, both you knuckleheads. (laughs) And I think the second thing would be to make sure you're maximizing what you already have. Are you pushing the boundaries of the things you already use? Are you using all the capabilities? Uh, Because a lot of times you you add something to your tech stack and there's whole functions and benefits that you're not taking advantage of. So you know, if you don't want to spend another time, look inward and make sure you're using what you've got. Yeah. Talk to your vendor because there's, there's a right around the corner. There's, there's another solution that you could potentially use and switch, especially in the SaaS environment. Um, So I'd say stay close to your vendor um, and do an investigation before you uh, do any purchasing. I think that's a really good point. I've often found that there is far greater functionality and, and, and even sophistication. Um, at the end of the day, if you as a user aren't really digging in, and to your point, Joe and, and Christy, actually exploring the full depth and breadth of the platform you have, yes, you could blame it on the platform say, I need to switch to a new vendor. But I, I, I agree with you. Before you make such a statement or, 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 or make such a move, make sure you fully explore what, what is available on the, on the platform you have. Because look, changing platforms is really hard. I mean, from every aspect, anytime there's a change, new training, new new integrations or otherwise, but anyway, it's very hard. Listen, before we move on, I do want to touch upon the appeal of AI, the appeal of artificial intelligence. And I know that this sometimes freaks out a lot of people. So I actually love that the report really, I don't know if the word humanize it, but really tried to simplify Okay, 41 respondents said they aren't using AI. 41%. 41%. 41%. Sorry, 41. There, was over, there was over a billion people in this survey. I apologize. If I didn't say the percent, that's my, that's my fault. I was so excited to say Walk back 40, the numbers wrong. 41% of the respondents said they are not using AI, but they'd like to. But the thing is, many operators are already using AI tools so no, in their tech stacks. They just, they just don't know it. Um, well, they don't realize it. So, Joe, can you share more about the different um, the difference between, let's say, the sexy robots versus hidden AI and how AI is not here to replace jobs, but enhance them? Yeah, I, I think 
the, the latter point you just made is it, it is to enhance. It's not to remove jobs, but ultimately more jobs actually come out of using AI. And uh, you're right. AI is, and automation go hand in hand. So likely you have AI happening in your tech stack, whether it be code um, or otherwise. Um, but, you know, the thing about robots is the largest chains in the world are using kind of robots. You're not going to see that at, you know, uh, independent restaurants, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but you will find AI being part of the automation uh, piece of your tech stack. So, um, you know, it's it's kind of odd that um, that uh, the operators came back and said, you know, we, we don't think we're using AI. Or we're not planning on using AI. And the truth is you actually are using AI. Sure. Um, but uh, now what you do with the information that you're receiving through the AI, that's a new role, right? Um, so maybe some front of the house or back of house operations being automated, but it's creating a new role. And so you think about data, you said earlier, Jimmy, um, well, maybe you need a CIO. Maybe you need somebody who understands data and structured data. Maybe that's a new role that you can implement rather than having, you know, more servers or for, for example. Right, right, right. No, you're hundred you're percent right over there. I mean, you know, when you think about scheduling, I mean, we've used yeah. scheduling platforms for I, I don't, 18 years. I've been using a scheduling platform. I mean, the forecasting, I mean, it's AI at the end of the day, you know, taking in the account the weather and taking last year's sales and all these. So the, the machine learning, the AI, it's it's there already. I think just people get scared when that chat GPT came out. That freaked everybody out. Yes. <laughs> and I think everybody just kind of, you know, thinks like right, robots so. and chat GPT. That, but hey, it's been around for a long time and it's only going to get better and help us out and, and make better decisions. So Christy, anything from you on this? No, I completely agree. I think it's going to be foundational. It's going to be more behind the scenes, foundational things like better sales forecasting, better labor forecasting, scheduling, and then all of those and making your employees more productive, which ultimately is going to have downstream effects on better, better retention. Yes. Purchasing is, is a huge money. one. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. You don't waste food. All yeah. it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a flywheel, Jimmo. It's a flywheel. flywheel. I By love way, the more, flywheel. More important than anything else, all you operators out there, now that we've told you that you're somewhat unaware using AI, all of you update your resumes, okay, and include AI expert yes. in your CV. That is a hot. Yes. That's a hot acronym, AI. And now you all know that you've been using it for years. You're not just a restaurant yes. operator. You are an AI specialist. AI specialist. I'm telling you, our work. Boom. Okay, talk about boom. landing jobs. Ourwork.com. <laughs> all right, listen. We uh, clearly, Shads and I enjoy uh, uh, bantering and, and and chatting and bringing on bringing guests on the show. Okay, but we also learned along the way that sometimes our guests have a question or two for us. So let's kick off talking back. We're going to invite Christy and Joe to ask us a question or two, whatever is good for you. And as we like to say, nothing's off the table. Shachi just found his talking back section music. So we'll pass the mic to Christy or to Joe, whoever wants to go first. I'll, I'll the microphone's yours. I, I, I wrote down here, uh, if oh. you were not in food service. Writing down things? Where would each of you be? I gotta say, that's so easy. That is so easy, Joe. I'd be sitting here doing podcasts. <laughs> I would be crushing it. I'd be doing podcasting yeah, from yeah. this same studio right here. Wow. Because wow. I gotta tell you, so this now, is the best. This, this is pretty good. I'd tell I'm you. loving the podcasting. You. you know, Joe. In the studio? I, yeah, Joe, I'll tell you. Um, um, I've enjoyed, I, away from hospitality, I had every job in front of the kitchen as a much younger man, starting as a bar back and a bus boy. I, I maxed out as a bartender. And then I left the industry because I couldn't, I didn't see a path forward at that time. And I went into finance and I had a, a multi-decade run focusing on emerging markets and alternative asset classes. And I've always enjoyed trying to look through opaque asset classes and try to connect dots and information and try to create value where 
things could easily be misunderstood or overlooked. That's what led us, led me to kind of return to hospitality and looking at emerging tech and innovation. I have to say, if I wasn't in the food service industry, I'd return and once again be digging in because I, I feel that um, it's 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 really quite fun to be working with young companies and emerging companies in many different industries, but to be part of a build. And, and I, I write every time I, I, I sign off of my, my weekend uh, newsletter, I write off, I write along the lines, it, it takes a village. And it's a line my mom said at my younger brother's, my younger brother's wedding that to raise a, a son in this case, it takes a village and teachers and counselors and directors and coaches therapists. Um, and, and therapists and, and uncles. <laughs> and they're all, as she said to the other, uh, to the crowd that gathered, it takes a village officers. to raise. To, yes, to well, raise that, was, that was a bad night, Jimmy. That was a bad night. He's better now. <laughs> but my point is, when I think about emerging companies, I think it's that same. It takes a village, and it's really fun. So I love that I get to do it in this industry. But I have to say, if I wasn't part of this one, I would return and go find others that were the same type of uh, opportunity to to dig in and help young companies grow. Is where I could spend time. No, I got back point. I would just say, burn the boats. Point, burn I, the boats. Yeah, yeah, we're burning the boats. I, I just think that at the end of the day, I think whenever you go around and you say you're in the restaurant industry, anywhere you go in the world, you say, "Oh man, that is really tough. I can't." That's very. And I say, "What? I, what is there? Is, is, there is there something that's easy? Is there an easy right. job? Right. Is there an easy industry?" I mean, yeah, maybe inheriting a couple hundred million dollars, maybe that's easy. You know, maybe the winning lottery. How do you get that gig? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have that gig. And there's a guy I just saw won that $2 billion. He seems to be doing okay now. That's a good gig. That lottery, that powerful. But, you know, so, but I got to tell you, it's like any industry. I think it's tough. Business is tough. But I think at the end of the day, there's nothing more fun. There's no better industry to be involved in. Sports. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Well, I mean, but but I mean. Hollywood. Sorry, sorry. Rock and roll. <laughs> so the number eight best industry top ten. to be in top ten. We're top ten. So the top ten industry is hospitality. It's it's it's, it's a fun business. You're Personal. interacting with people. It's very social. Yes. You know, we just got back from a couple of conferences. You go to these conferences around the country, create wherever you're going, Margaritaville. You're gonna go to these conferences. And let me tell you. I, the Uber drivers are telling me, I'm so happy. Why are you so happy about I'm happy that your conference is in town. Why? Because you're fun. You guys are fun. And they tell me, the doctor's convention was here. It was the worth of dentist convention. Yeah, they go, you guys are you guys are fun. We're a fun crew of people. Good we tippers. love hanging out. Big tippers. Big tippers. Have a good time. It's a great industry to be in. And we said earlier, I got to tell you something. Everybody should should work in hospitality for, yes. for a, little bit, a little bit of time in their life because it is a lot of fun. Jimbo, I got to tell you, that is a great segue into the greatest segment of the podcast. Jimbo, are you this ready? This is now the greatest segment? Well, Chrissy, it is now. All right, Chrissy, get, get ready. Shazzy is so excited I got for a sound box. Get now. ready for this. Oh, what is that? What What do I hear coming in from the background? A lawsuit. Right? A season of letters. Letter. A season letter I see? coming our way. Yes, that is so good. A season that says you cannot use that. <laughs> we got the food service you coming in right now. Do not let the process <laughs> yes. rinse, Jimmy. But until we're done here, we got this. We got the food service food coming on right now, and I got to tell you, right now we have a new segment, and this is the food service food celebrity celebrity edition. Christy. Joe, Jimmy, are you guys ready? Oh, that is celebrity edition food service feud. You know, we're talking about great industry. We're talking about a place everyone should work at least once time in their life. You take about celebrities, so many celebrities. I mean, what when you talk to an actor or a bartender, 
Uh, all right, so when you talk about uh, any actor, what they say, they say, right. They say, I was, I, I worked in a restaurant. Yes. I worked in a restaurant. Every celebrity worked in a restaurant. At some point in their life, they did something in a restaurant. So I got to tell you, it is unbelievable that so many famous people today worked in a restaurant. And at some point, a manager or an owner hired them, and they weren't famous at the time, but they saw something special. Something special. There was something special. Right. So what do you got for us, Shatsy? So right now, I got to tell you, we are, we asked over 100,000 people on LinkedIn. Okay, over 100,000 people on LinkedIn. The number's getting closer. And, 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 a little and, exaggeration. 100,000 people. didn't say billions. And we when he asked, said he asked them, them. He didn't yes. say they responded. That's right. <laughs> I asked over 100,000. We got no response. Uh, <laughs> but we asked 100,000 people on LinkedIn which celebrity worked at Cornelia Street Cafe right here in New York City waiting tables to cover their rent. I am going to ask that question right now to you three, and I gotta tell you, I will help you out. I will give you three answers because it's hard just to guess. So we're changing the feud a little right. bit because it's hard. I'm gonna give you three, three, three possibilities, okay? Was it Marissa Tomei of Seinfeld fame? At least that's where I remember her from, Jim. Right? Really? That's what you give Marissa Tomei? What do you remember? You know, my from? cousin Vinny? Come on. I know. Come on. I, thank you, Christy. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? Yes. Oh, with, my God. Oh, I cut with Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Oh, I was kidding. Can you that scene when she takes a Seinfeld thing? Oh, you'll get yours. Oh, yeah. Oh, like you blend. Anne oh, Hathaway. Anne Hathaway of what was she in? Devil Wears Prada. Devil Wears Prada. Pretty thing. good. Is that, is that no. you're asking the wrong guy? Or Lady Gaga of uh, whatever her fame is. Lady Gaga fame. Lady Gaga fame, right? So who worked at who worked here in New York City, Korea Street? Uh, I, I, anybody I, care? I'll go ding ding. Ding ding. I know, she, I know she's a New Yorker. Go ahead. Marissa Tomei is a freaking New Yorker, baby. All right. Uh, anyone else care to guess? By the way, Jimbo is wrong. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, wait. Marissa Tomei is in New York. I'm, well, I didn't say she wasn't. All right. Wait, I didn't say. I didn't say Christy, she wasn't tell New York. Who it is? I'm going to go Lady Gaga. I think she yeah. was. She was a DJ for she's a while early on oh. before she was famous. She was New York. <laughs> New York girl. That's my guess. That was for, that was just for Jimmy. Oh, that was for Jimmy. That was for Jimmy. I asked about just for Jimmy. I couldn't find the button to hit. This is new. This is all new. All right, so you said who? You said who? You said Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is right, and I gotta tell you, you were one hundred percent correct. You are correct, Joe. Do you want to guess? She wins. Do you want to guess? Lady Gaga. Yes, Joe is right. Also, basically, everyone is right. Jimmy, Jimmy got it wrong. It is Lady Gaga worked at the Cornelia Street Cafe right here in New York City. Isn't that unbelievable, huh? Right. That's great good. stuff. No, great stuff. Good. Jimbo, I think we got to go right now back to uh, to your famous uh, segment. Yeah, actually, right I, I think right? I was doing them. Marissa told me two truths and a lie. I was doing the, uh, the two youths, two youths and a lie. All right, at the top of the show, remember, we gave you three facts about our friend Joe. Two were true, one was false. I'll redo them uh, quickly. Fact one, Joe has been to all the Peyton Manning Super Bowl games. Fact two, Joe sat next to the Dice Man flying over Arizona recently. Fact three, Joe sat on the sidelines for the entire New York Jet game along with players. Shatsy, you care to guess? Yeah, I'm going to guess on this, okay? Let me just think for a second here. And, Christy, you can you can help me if you'd like because you know Joe better than I. But I'm going to say right now Christy that – did we share these, Christy? Oh, yes, we did. Yeah, yes. I know. I won't, I won't spoil it. Joe, Joe sat on the sidelines for an entire Jets game alongside the players. Joe sat next to Dice Clay flying home from Arizona. I, I think that Joe did fly home from – he was just in Arizona. He probably flew home with Dice. Dice, man. I, I could see that. 
I, I got to tell you, though, Jesse Joe has been to all Peyton Manning Super Bowl games. How many Super Bowls has Peyton Manning won? Uh, two. Two? Two. That's not that fucking Oh, FCC violation. No, no, we're allowed to say you should drop that bombs on Sponsors may not like it. Yeah, but Kings we County? Kings County. I don't want Duffley. I'm going to say that he... I'm going to say he flew home with dice and he went into two short bowls. He did not. He was not on the sideline the entire Jets game alongside him. All right. That would just be painful for him. All right. Let's go to the video even tape. A, even Joe, a big fan like Joe, that. with Shatsy Wright, tell us. What did you say? He said you did not sit. Not sit. The, you did not. You weren't on the Jets sideline the entire game. Oh, I'm lucky, lucky enough to have a wonderful sister-in-law who is a VP at the NFL. So I have been to all the Super Bowls and I have been on the sideline for a game. Oh, so, so no dice, dice clay. clay? So dice clay is a great story, actually. So I did not hybrid. I did not sit next to him. Okay. But I ran into him in the men's room. Well, I gotta tell you, I mean, at the airport. At the airport. At the airport. At the airport. And uh, wait, I hope he didn't wait when he's online at the bank. Uh, so <laughs> I I am a dice growing up, I listen to dice. I tried to drop a one-liner on him. Oh boy! And oh he wasn't boy. having it. Oh boy! <laughs> I mean, yeah, comedians don't like when 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 pedestrians like to try and be comedians, yeah, especially, like, especially standing at the urinal. It, yeah. it, it didn't go over well. Can you tell us the one-liner? Is that just let's just leave it? Leave there. it at that. Yeah. Try to, all right. So yes to Peyton Manning Super Bowls. Yes to the Jets game and bump. It's, it's, it's like, like yes like, to dice clay. Two and a half. Like a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new it's game. Two and a half truths. It's an asterisk. You know. I think that's a good one. I like it. It, it, well, it was good. It was good. I got to tell you, great stuff. I got to tell you that you sat an entire game on the sideline of the Jets. That's big stuff. Well, now we have Aaron Rodgers, so we have something. Oh uh, well, now, yeah. Can you still get that same deal? Is your is your is your sister still nah, right now? Oh, okay. I'm telling you, they I got to tell lose you, 10 games first. I, I have a theory. If you take a st- former starting quarterback and legend from the Packers, it's like you're guaranteed to win the Super Bowl. I mean, who would ever do? Who could ever find a way to take the starting quarterback from the Packers, get him to come to New York? I mean, that's never happened before. No. Oh, yeah. Didn't do that. Oh, yeah. Brett Favre. It did happen before with Brett Favre. 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 I don't see that anything wrong with that. That's our go-to. That's our, like, our minor league team. Yeah. You know, the Packers are like our – that's where we – we, we, you know, accelerate. Yes, That's where we help them get good. They get right. good, then they come over let's, to the Let's get to the playoffs before, uh, right, before let's Roger go goes with the Vikings. Right, in the meantime, we got a great segment right now. It's the every – oh, look. They're going crazy. They know what's coming up. They know what the crowd knows. Keep it down, everybody. Keep it down. Everyone knows the Brandon Quickfire is coming up. I am going to ask both of you five lightning round questions, okay? Don't think too long. This isn't going to be actually lightning, but it's going to be kind of lightning. I'm going to ask Christy one, and then Joe, you get the same question, all right? Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Ready. Your week up. And I feel left out. Christy, Yankees or Mets? Mets. Joe, same question. Mets and anybody who plays the Yankees. Oh, oh wow. Got Mets fans over that. Now I know they're loving each other over there, there, you know. Where are you getting dinner from tonight, Christy? We're going to In-N-Out drive-thru after my daughter's baseball game. I had to bring a little oh, West Coast to this New York crowd. Oh, we talked about that earlier. In-N-Out for Shake Shack. I said they're both delicious, Joe. <laughs> uh, dirty Taco. I'll probably be at. Uh, dirty. Nice. Uh, it's a Long Island brand that you'll probably Yeah, no, I've yes. heard. I've heard people talking about this Dirty Taco. What's your favorite food city in the world, Christy? Uh, I feel like I should say Paris or Madrid, but I'm going with my gut and saying Chicago. 
Chicago. By the way, Chicago. Chicago Love gets that, that city. That city comes up yeah, quite a bit on that question. It's not as good as New York, but it's there. It's there, Joe. <laughs> I would love to be a bit international, like Christy was just saying. But I mean, we live in New York. We have the best food, uh, and I'm an Italian seafood guy. So this is the place to be. Boom! Uh, you don't. Have to, you don't have to go to Paris. And I don't think they're picking up the garbage over there. Are they, are they picking that up now, or are they still haven't picked it up? Not sure. Last sure. I saw, everyone was like loading garbage. I, I hear the there's streets. a whole retirement age thing going on. So I think well, I still love. Yeah, yeah, they raised it. They raised yeah. like 54. By the way, everyone went nuts. It was stay, like it was 50. Stay, stay away from the numbers. Stay, stay away from the numbers. I mean, it was, it's like, not that kind of program. <laughs> Where's your favorite place to travel, Christy? Palm Springs. I'll be there next week. Ooh. Margaritaville. And, and again in October again. for yeah, Create. Oh, Margaritaville <laughs> Create, baby. Can't wait. First margarita on Jimmy. Joe, same question. Um, my kids love Clearwater Beach. So it's really. I mean, that's, you just came back. You're loving it, man. You look so it. relaxed. Yeah, relax. You got a little tan, a little freckle on the nose. It looks adorable right now. I got to tell you. <laughs> uh, for all, for every you got to look closely. Joe is looking very good right now. If you were to challenge Jimmy or I, Christy, to a race to the top of the Statue of Liberty, Jimmy, stand up. <laughs> Who do better odds of beating? By the way, there's 162 steps, and they're the big ones. They're not the little steps. They're the big steps. That's a lot. Is that, was that fact well, check? There are billions? I, 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 I don't know. Billion? There, maybe there's 162,000. I don't know. It says 162 here. That doesn't sound like a lot, right? No. It's got to be 162 steps. Get away to the fourth floor. Exactly. You know what, Chats? Why don't you go down to the uh, Statue of Liberty and start counting? Start counting. <laughs> well, me, I was thinking of Empire State. You can't I was thinking Empire State. Do a practice run. Do a practice run. Yeah, I'm going to do it. All right, John. Who are you going to beat? Who are you going to beat? Jimmy I had like, a brace on his leg, by the way, for like six weeks. I like my odds against Jimmy. I don't know you as yeah. well. I know. I think Shatsy, he's, he's scrappy. He's wide. I'm he's wide nervous. But I think the producer <laughs> through this, this is a bone for Shatsy. Yeah, I think it's, I, I, I lost everyone. Let's let Joe get involved with Joe, Joe first. Statue of Liberty, you got to race Jimmy or I up to the top, 162 steps. Jimmy, I don't know if you remember, he was he was out with some brace on his leg. Let's not layer onto Jimmy. Let's, okay. let's take Shatsy. <laughs> I can see Shatsy cheating and jumping into the elevator, though. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Usually, usually people say Shatsy Brown loses inches by the fifth step, and he would be like, "I'll see me get down." I, I will say, I, I think, I think that question was uh, intended for Shatsy to be the victor, and I respect that. The only thing I would say though is that, like, I, I'm a really competitive person, so like, for Shatsy to beat me, he'd have to be willing to die <laughs> because I would be willing to die. Okay, oh, this is one kick in the, you know. Okay, I'm just saying, one of us really goes, like like Rocky, he, he might kill me. He's going to have to do it. going to make him do it. Okay, you have to be willing to die. All right, on that happy note of death, uh, listen, we want to thank Joe and Christy. Thank you guys so much uh, for being here on the podcast, hanging out with us, and for sharing your great insights. And really, you guys did a, a, a really important Say thing. Say Herculean, please. A, a Herculean? You making fun of my Herculean? A Herculean. No, I, you guys... Along with Nation's Restaurant News, you guys did something really important. And I love how operators did embrace it, did engage with it. They are talking about it and they're into it because this industry, that really the, the, the democratization of this industry is taking place. And that's when I read the report, one of the things that I took away from it was that there are, of course, there's some major enterprise brands out there and God bless them. We love them and they're important. And they have some of the deepest pockets and they have some of the, the best uh, resources to do this. And I think what's going on in tech today is an amazing, as I said, democratization of, because now there are tools that are readily available to help operators of all sizes if they want to lean into it. And I think what your report, um, I think, t what showed me 
is they do want to lean into it because they know that could be the difference. That could be a margin optimizer. That could be an efficiency creator that could help you reduce your churn on, 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 on terms of labor attrition. There's really a lot there. And I thought that that report was really important. Um, Listen, if you want to get in touch, well, first of all, we encourage you to download the report. Yeah, that's the most okay. important thing, Jimmy. I thought I thought my sharing the democratization was a nice oh, thing. Sorry, right. democratization one more time. I mean, honestly, what are you Was it the SATs I was, here? I was thinking about that coming in. Like, what, what, what did that report mean to me? But listen, Four letter words, Jimmy. That's all I can handle. Please do. Everyone should download the free report. Do, do a deep dive for yourself. We're going to drop the link in the podcast right up. Uh, but you can also find it at nrn.com, nrn.com, backsplash, backsplash. Backslash 2023 Tech Outlook. 2023 Tech Outlook. Please check it out. It's really an impressive piece of work. And I know it's. I know I posted it all over LinkedIn. So if anybody follows me on LinkedIn, go check it out because I know it's there. I have six followers. Shetsy has like sixty thousand followers. So yes, six hundred thousand followers. Go with the number. And listen, if you want to get in touch with Joe or Christy directly. You can email the podcast team at podcast at brandedstrategic.com. We'd be happy to make the introduction. I always want to thank our listeners. But I have Joe and Chrissy's cell phone right here. You can give that out. It's 555 He doesn't like email. He's getting on that. Was, that was a season one rookie mistake. We never rookie give out the mistake. cell numbers anymore. Uh, but listen, I really do want to thank our listeners. Um, we are growing our podcast. We created a studio thanks to Kings County. Cheers, King County. Um, and we couldn't do it without listeners. And you guys continuing to lean into this. So thank you so much. Please join us next time as we welcome Amr Wahab, uh, president of Kettleman's Bagels. Amr Wahab, president of Kel- Kettleman's Bagels. That'd They're be an awesome the highest show. grossing bagel stores in Canada. Canada. Jimmy, like five million dollars in bagels out of a store. Coming down to the, coming across the Montreal border, Montreal style. Coming across the border to a town near you. All right, and again, a special thank you to Our Work for sponsoring this episode of the of the Hangout. And if you want to learn, learn more about Our Work, please check out their URL, their website, ourwork.com. Ourwork.com. And the jingle, Our Work. If you want it, Chazzy gives it to you. All right. Again, Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy. Big thank you to Joe. Big thank you to Christy. And pass it back to my boy, Shatsy. Oh, yeah. I got to say, thank you, Christy. Thank you, Joe. This was the best podcast ever. I got to tell you, cheers, everybody. Remember, go to Nation's Restaurant News website and get that report. Because I got to tell you, there's a lot of power in knowledge. And we got it there. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. <laughs>